protecting fish without destroying farming. We talk about this from a lot of different angles here on this program. Has anybody in the farming community in Washington, particularly Western Washington, particularly in Whatcom and Skagit counties, is very keenly aware of the pressure to protect and restore salmon in our streams and how that effort can affect farming and sometimes it causes problems especially when people aren't listening to each other and especially when people thinking about restoring salmon okay that's a that's a good idea when they aren't thinking about the impact of what they're doing and planning to do on farming and and the importance of keeping farming around to protect salmon, it's called looking at the bigger picture. Welcome back, by the way. This is The Farming Show on KGMI, 790 and 96.5 FM in Bellingham. I'm your host, Dylan Honkoop, with Save Family Farming and Whatcom Family Farmers, two uh, farming community advocacy groups that I serve as communication director for, amongst other things. Um, it's time for an update on, on what's happening on this bigger issue of fish and farming down in Skagit County. Recently, we've, we've talked with the senior deputy uh, prosecuting attorney in Skagit County, Will Honey about an issue of greenwashing down there. What's greenwashing? Well, in this case, what greenwashing is, is a big um, organization, in this case, a public utility, Seattle City Light, wanting to pay money basically to cover up their lack of environmental sustainability with how they're producing electricity, which, by the way, for people who don't know, Seattle City Light gets a bunch of its electricity from the Skagit River and the series of dams that it has on there. You know, uh, Lake Diablo and Ross Lake and, and whatnot. Uh, Will Honey is back with us with the Skagit County uh, Prosecutor's Office. He's very intimately involved in this issue. So when we talked, uh, uh, when we've talked a couple of times over the past few months, Will. Um, the issue is this greenwashing that Seattle City Light apparently wants to do, apparently in an attempt to avoid putting fish passage, you know, fish ladder or some kind of improvements to their dams so fish can access the river habitat beyond those dams. It's happened on a lot of hydroelectric projects all over the Pacific Northwest and world, really. There's better and better technology to do this. That's going to cost them a lot of money. So they had a different plan in mind, right? That's where this all started. And them trying to avoid having the, the very extreme expense of doing that. Turns out their plan would severely harm the farming community in the Skagit Valley. Are we summing this up so far correctly? Well, yeah, Dylan. Hi, good morning. Uh, well, it's it. You know, it's a long and complicated story, but let me try to boil it down this way. Uh, you know, for the last three decades or so, Seattle City Light has mitigated for the impacts of its dams on salmon by buying up land at Skagit County is, you know, just acquiring land and uh, under the guise of protecting it. A lot of this was uh, flood ground, you know, marshland, this sort of thing that couldn't be developed in any event. Right. Um, this was a tremendous bargain for them because what it's in effect allowed is them to avoid the necessity of fish passage over its dams, like most hydroelectric operations in the Northwest have been required to do, whether you're looking at the Columbia, the Snake, wherever, they've, they've had to put in fish passage. Now, it works pretty well for the fisheries resource 
and it costs more money. Every uh, other, for the most part, hydroelectric operator, every power customer in the Northwest, for the most part, has absorbed the cost of fish passage over their hydroelectric dams that are providing their energy, except on the Skagit with respect to Seattle. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, this has saved them a lot of money, something like 37 times less than the regional average for hydro operations. Now coming into, now they're getting a new license is what's going on and from the federal government. And they every so the- often they have to renew their big, huge, um, FERC license, right? Right, with the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, and it's a 50-year-long license, and this is the only opportunity for anyone to ask him to do anything for the next 50 years, so it's a big deal. Um, And so recognizing that they're going to have to spend considerably more money and you know, and recognizing that they don't, and they don't want to do fish passage. Still, they they need to find some big habitat projects that some money can be spent on. So what they did is started looking to the Skagit estuary and saying we're going to get involved in do, doing big fish projects. And they're behind efforts to you know, lots of efforts to show that this is necessary and so forth. The problem is we already know it's it's necessary at a certain level, but it has to be done carefully over time in in a very uh, deliberate way. You can't just throw a dart at a map and say that's going to be fish habitat. The good well, There are good spots to do projects, and they're essentially right at the mouth of the river. Now, we have, and by we, I mean uh, our community, the diking districts and the drainage districts that are responsible for all this infrastructure that allows Skagit County and farming to exist. They had a, a, an agreement with the agencies, the federal resource agencies, about how to deal with this. Um, they uh, were working on these projects over time, but this this was this this arrangement was called the Tidegate Fish Initiative Agreement was essentially an impediment to Seattle's effort to uh, use farmland as mitigation for its dams instead of fish passage. Well, and, and, so- and if I recall, if we talked about it before, I mean, because we started this off saying, you know, for years they they've bought things like marshlands, wetlands, things like that. At some point, you can only buy so much of that, and and you have to start moving out into actual productive farmlands if you want to continue this this pattern, right? And and that's kind of what's happening here. Yeah, that's right. They 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 bought up marginal lands in the valley, and most of that's low hanging fruit's been picked, and so now the crosshairs are moving to the Skagit Delta, to our prime productive natural resources land that we work so hard to protect for generations from development and sprawl down here. Um, and so putting the crosshairs on that and also, you know, the agreements that local, uh, you know, diking drainage districts, agriculture has had with the agencies to manage habitat improvement, turns out that's an impediment. So there was uh, in fall, uh, it would be September of 2021, Earth Justice threatened a federal lawsuit and the National Marine Fisheries Service raised some questions about all of this. And it just was very clear. All of this was coming from and getting its energy from Seattle City Light, needing to do it, wanting to do its mitigation on our farmland. And this was a problem. So Skagit County government, uh, and you'll recall a few months ago, we adopted an ordinance prohibiting this kind of offsite mitigation on our farmland. Um, and it was, you know, in some measure related to the Seattle City Light yeah. situation. That I, I just think that was the first time I had you on on the show about that to explain. Why are you guys creating a moratorium, a ban, essentially, at least temporarily, for, for now, as long as the moratorium lasts, on 
on doing habitat projects on farmland. Well, once you explain this whole greenwashing scheme, which is really what we've just covered here, um, it makes sense why you would block that. Um, and now what, where does that leave us? What, what, what has that forced the players in this to do? Well, we think there's a lot of progress, uh, in, 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 in that's, that's been going forward. First of all, we're, we're really, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised with, uh, federal and state resource agencies, uh, you know, as, as John Adams, second U S president famously said, facts are stubborn things. And <laughs> ultimately it, uh, it's given, I think, me and us a lot of faith in our federal and state resource agencies. Mm. They're doing the right thing for our community and the fisheries resource. Um, the, and, the facts and, don't always seem to hold as much sway, though, with this um, nonprofit industrial complex uh, surrounding environmental uh, groups in Western Washington. <laughs> well, it's a part of the problem. I mean, nonprofits <laughs> have a role in advocacy and, and uh, helping. But right. the establishment of policy at a big picture level, our comprehensive plan, how we uh, harmonize fisheries and farming on our land base that we've made a commitment to keep around. These are the province of democratically elected governments, tribal and non-tribal in our valley. And, you know, Seattle City Light, that, this is very much at the center of this. They are an important player, but they have no more standing in this space in this space than, say, Puget Sound Energy, which doesn't insist on this level of control mm -hmm. over our political systems, or Shell Oil or British Petroleum, any, anyone else. Um, I think it's just simply because it has Seattle in the name that, that people are a little blinded by what's what's transpiring here. And so we, when we passed that ordinance, it was to stop this from occurring and to support, um, you know, our tribal friends and neighbors and their request that fish passage happen here. Um, and so part of that, though, was the estuary uh, situation and the idea that we have these districts that now can't get permits to maintain tide gates. I mean, this is critical infrastructure. This is the sort of thing that's been sitting. These things have been sitting, you know, for year, several years without appropriate maintenance. This is a problem. And, the, the, you know, the, the issue here on the Skagit Estuary is you've got projects around the mouth of the river. You've got a few landowners that don't want to sell their land. And this is a free country. We can't, as local government, make them do anything they don't want to do. Can't uh, do in, uh, eminent domain? Well, we don't, we don't have the authority within yeah. our authorities to condemn land for salmon habitat. It's possible that the state of Washington does. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, we've not even gotten there. No, mo for the most part, no one has even offered these folks any money for their land. Hmm. Just guess that our entire community and all farmers are somehow to blame for this situation. It's just totally inconsistent with reality. Um, and, and so, again, there's been an effort, uh, you know, I won't pin it entirely on Seattle City Light, but I'll say it's pretty clear they had a hand in it. Mm -hmm. uh, to go after the districts and keep them from being able to maintain this critical tide gate structure. So wait, wait, why wouldn't you want to maintain that? Why would you, I mean, I see the need for mitigation here. I see the need for, um, well, really, I, maybe, maybe not with mitigation. Maybe, maybe, you know, Seattle city light just needs to bite the bullet, pass the cost on to their rate payers. 
uh, and build fish passage, but uh, that's probably a different conversation. Um, I, I see the need for salmon restoration, and, and those efforts are underway in a variety of places with habitat, including the estuary down there in Skagit. But if you start burning up more and more farmland, suddenly the farming community dips below a certain threshold. It can't even survive anymore if thousands and thousands of acres of Skagit County's productive farmland gets taken out of production to be quote unquote, you know, mitigation or, or salmon habitat, um, which I think is already suspect if, if the real MO of, of doing that isn't the actual fish run restoration. The, the real MO is just to get the fish passage on the dam issue off of their back. Suddenly the whole thing is, is tainted. If you're doing you're not going to do a good job. You're, you're going to buy up land. You're going to do projects that don't necessarily fit the spot, aren't necessarily the right thing. Damaging, reducing Skagit County agriculture along the way. Uh, all of this, it, it becomes this huge problem there in Skagit County and it it doesn't make sense to proceed this way what happens next and like you said you 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 have this lever now of a moratorium on this kind of stuff why would you want to then hinder these tide gates which are necessarily to protect the environment as well it sounds like this is political and legal gamesmanship well, yeah, it's a very complex situation, and you know, I think it takes. Uh, we could sit here and talk for months, and neither of us would have it all figured <laughs> out. But, no, the short version of it is: Seattle needs to go up and do fish passage at its dams. Only Seattle can do fish passage and improve things in the upper basin. It's not going to be a cheap exercise, so they should, uh, you know, save their money for that, keep their powder dry for that, and and do that appropriately. And on the estuary, we have a whole plan. Uh, you know, with specific projects laid out that are prioritized. And, um, you know, so there's just been a sort of lot of uh, random regulatory attack without much point from our perspective. And so part of our effort in adopting that ordinance wasn't just to say, you know, get out of here, Seattle, uh, with your money that's coming after our farmland. We need to get a handle on this situation for our whole community. And so part of this, and that was referenced in the ordinance, and we need to work directly with Skagit Treaty tribes, right? We, they're not going anywhere. Uh, neither are we. We need to figure this out together. Um, and, you know, th- this power company has been a really unhelpful influence in that. And, we're you know, we're asking them to step aside and afford us the space to work it out with the tribes. And so there's a, a mediated effort that's uh, being initiated. I think the real leaders of it are the uh, Skagit Drainage and Irrigation Con- District Consortium, which mm-hmm. is a public entity uh, headed by an extremely capable woman hydrologist named Jenna Friebel. Yep. Uh, and uh, we have a lot of faith in her as a community to do the right thing all around. Um, and uh, and then the Upper Skagit Indian Tribe are taking a leading role in it. Um, and the Soxhawatl Indian Tribe, I think all the all the tribes are on board, as far as I understand, um, with the support of the resource agencies. And there are two objectives. There are two objectives. One is to make sure these districts get their permits. There's no reason to jeopardize this expensive infrastructure to try to, uh, you know, force these districts to provide land they don't own, right? I mean, yeah. that's the crux of the, the, on the Skagit Delta. That Everybody hears a lot about the Skagit Delta. What I just said, you know, trying to force these districts through regulatory efforts to provide land they don't own is not a fruitful pathway. 
Um, and so, and, and secondly, uh, the important part of this exercise is we have all agreed as a community, and I mean county, districts, agricultural representatives, resource agencies, tribes, nonprofits, everybody's on board with this uh, effort that we went through to identify where the best projects are, right? And, you know, big shocker, they're around the mouth of the river. Mm-hmm. And um, so we have committed to that. But we have also insisted that this move forward in a rational way, that we have to look at these things for what they really are, which is major civil works projects with a habitat component. We're talking about moving marine dikes around and river levees around in a situation with the third largest river on the U.S. West Coast. This is, you know, this is this is stuff that can go disastrously wrong if you mm-hmm. don't know it. Yeah. And secondly, these districts, um, you know, these districts in Skagit County are really an amazing thing that, that has, you know, people don't talk about or think about. But, uh, you know, people think of farmers as these uh, sort of independent, go it alone. But here in the Skagit, these districts formed, in, you know, of their own volition among the landowners to create and maintain this infrastructure. And they've maintained these little governments to do that, taxing districts, you know, for a century. Yeah. And they govern themselves and they tax themselves and they manage this stuff. And it, it's what protects this whole valley. Uh, you know, um, just to cite one example um, you know, the city of Anacortes water treatment plant is protected by levees. Uh, and that feeds Swinomish Indian tribal community with water, their casino, NAS Whidbey, the refineries, Anacortes. Uh, you know, we're all connected together when you get right down yeah. to it. And a lot of it hinges on these little districts, uh, that these, you know, very unappreciated districts that have kept this all together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they are the ones that own, operate, manage these things. And so when someone comes in and says, well, I've got a grant check and I want to do do some stuff here and move stuff around and it's going to improve things. Um, you know, there's a bit of a history of that not working out very well. These districts need, they must be in charge of these projects. Now, that, that doesn't mean we shouldn't, you know, they, that doesn't mean that uh, tribal fish biologists shouldn't have significant input into how to make these the best things possible for fish. But when the grant money's gone and the project's over, our districts remain in charge of and responsible for everything that happens. So yep. they, you know, it's this basic contract law. We want to put the burden of of doing the right thing on the person who is bears accountability. Yeah. Yep. Will Honey, uh, Skagit County Senior Deputy uh, uh, Prosecuting Attorney, with us on the Farming Show right now, talking about uh, fish habitat and projects and how this fits with a big utility seattle city light that is you know has its dams on the on the river uh in skagit county and and what they want to do and then how that is or could be you know significantly interfering with farming there um what they're doing about it just just 30 seconds left here with you will what's next in this whole ongoing battle to protect farming there in, in Skagit County? Well, I think the, the crux of it is uh, we've made clear, and I think there's a, a pretty broad consensus that City Light needs to go up to its dams and do fish passage. And what we need to do as a community is is come together, come together with the treaty tribes and figure this out. There's really broad agreement on what needs to happen next. And, you know, this is a really positive thing for our community. I know there's some, you know, there's is, when anything like this occurs, there's concern in the ag community. Uh, but, you know, having a, a reasoned discussion about how to balance our needs is, is not happening. And just letting that occur is a huge win. 
Nobody's speaking for landowners. Individual yeah. in our world, individual landowners speak for landowners. But we, as the governments, need to be, uh, you know, the, the locally democratically elected, accountable, open, transparent tribal and non-tribal governments need to be working together to decide this gadget's future, and that's that's the next step. Well, you're going to have to keep us updated on this, uh, but the future of farming in Skagit County does hang in the balance with this issue because if Seattle City Light got its way, you know, it could, um, in not that long amount of time, gobble up enough farmland to, to start uh, whittling away at the farming economy there in Skagit County. It's something that we talk a, a lot about up here in Whatcom County as well. I don't know if you guys have a number like we do. We talk about 100,000 acres in farming. Um, you know, you, you drop below that and things start changing pretty quickly. Uh, the, the whole community starts to atrophy. So keep up the good work there. Thank you for the update. Uh, Will Honey here with us here on The Farming Show. Uh, he is the Senior Deputy prosecuting attorney there in Skagit County. Will, thanks for your time this morning. Well, thank you. Good to talk to you, Dylan. Take care.